was very, very casual and relaxed. Yeah, like Tom Cruise. <laughs> <laughs> I am natural. Who is worse at being a fake robot human being, Tom Cruise or Mark Zuckerberg? I, uh, hmm. Hmm. It's interesting because I've had more contact or exposure to Tom Cruise. I've, I've really seen like maybe one actual interview with like Zuckerberg. So I don't really have a basis. Like I can go off of the Jesse Eisenberg portrayal, but how accurate is that? Ah, Tom Cruise. I mean, he's, he's a weirdo. <laughs> I, he's a straight weirdo. I respect the man and I love his movies, but he's, it, he's, cre- he's, he's a fucking weirdo in he's real creepo. life. Yeah. <laughs> what about like he did that movie with Jamie Foxx and now Jamie Foxx is banging his ex-wife oh white with uh he's with Katie Holmes oh really like, get I didn't it know easy, that bro. yeah uh, I mean whatever <laughs> sure good good for Jamie Foxx nobody cares except for Dawson I guess <laughs> boom that's sick a reference for you <laughs> sick reference bro what's up man Nothing much. I'm here to talk about some horror shit. Yeah. Um. I guess we're continuing to the tradition of playing a Shinji Mikami game. So far, Halloween. this has been the tradition. Yeah. Um. Yeah, we'll get into that. Now you're done with Shinji Mikami games. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. This is like a Halloween tradition, I guess. It's not as Rigid as Stoner Movie September, nor celebrated, I think, because we kind of get super stoked during that. And then we're just like, oh, yeah, here's yeah. Halloween. We put two big months next to each other. And, like, the second month's always going to have a drop off. But I also think, like, it's the horror video games that just kill us every year. I the would movies agree. are fucking fine. Yeah. It's the video games that require more than just, like, an hour and a half to two hours of your time. Here's the thing I've realized this year. You don't like video games. I'm I don't like you. horror video games. Oh, no shit. I don't, man. I am 100% with you. Yeah. Unless, well, it's not true. There's a few rare occurrences. Yeah. yeah. I like a lot of Resident Evil. Which is, all right, keep going. Yeah. I'm going to put a pin in that. I want to talk about And that. I like the first three Silent Hills a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And that's about it. Thank you for including the third one. Yeah, the third one's my favorite. I like the third one. Everybody says the second one, Mm -hmm. and I get it. Yeah. But for me, it's number three. I love that third one. I might be one of the two people, but that's only because that was my first exposure to Silent Hill. Silent Hill 3? Two. Oh, I'm one of the people who likes two better, but it's only because of that. I think three is just as good. Yeah. Just as good as two. I started with number one. I was was very scared. See, I missed out on one. Young boy playing that. Mm-hmm. And uh, I like that three tied back into one. And mm-hmm. it had a lot of the same things going. Two was kind of its own separate yeah. thing, which, which was cool. Yeah, I liked a lot. But what you put a pin in the Resident Evils. Yeah, all right. So you say you don't like horror games, but then you say, I like the Resident Evils. I like a lot of them. And the ones that you like are usually, I think, the most horror. Yeah. Of, like, any horror game, I think the Resident Evil games that I know you like are, are like, the, the most horror. Oh, sure. Like, you know, no, not the worst. No, no. Just, like, they, they are what I consider the horror game genre. Like, the, the survival is most important. You got to ration items and yes. food. 
You have to be very precise and careful. Usually real bad tank controls or just bad controls in general to really elevate the suspension and, you know, shock of it all. But I think that's Resident Evil in a nutshell is the... I. I also agree. I like I don't like horror games. I'll go out and say that. I like the ones. I Silent Hill, there are a few Resident Evils. Those are like my yeah. kind of um outliers. But like it's these Shinji Mikami like more action based like uh Castlevanias. Are those horror games? I don't know, but that's what I like and that's about as horror as I like to get. Okay. I like that horror imagery. I like the horror atmosphere and setting. I like to be creeped out by shit, but I don't like the fucking clunky controls. And I don't like, I don't like that. Give me like Devil May Cry or something where you merge like that with good, quick Devil gameplay. May Cry was supposed to be a Resident Evil sequel at one point. That's what it started off as. And then it turned into something even better. Yeah. Which is pretty <laughs> awesome. Um, I'm with you, man. And it's weird. I don't get why horror games feel that they also have to control poorly to like they all think it like adds some sense of stress or yeah yeah and it just doesn't it's annoying and frustrating and big problem probably my number one complaint with our game this month or this week shadows of the damn man it's gonna uh, be interesting (laughs) just especially when you're running around man i don't know it doesn't control very well at all and Uh, that's like it seems to be a staple especially in a shinji mikami game outside but he does it right so many times too like resident evil 4 yeah i don't uh and maybe we'll we'll have to talk about this when we get into it um but i i really didn't notice too much of a difference between this and resident evil 4 yeah control wise and i don't know why that is but like i i just i didn't i would i definitely give you what was lollipop chainsaw was yeah Another one, another and then one. Evil Within we did, which was yeah. also This Shinji reminded Mikami. me of those both those games. I had visions yeah. of both of those playing it. And like, it should. I think they're both, um, you got the atmosphere and attitude of Lollipop Chainsaw, and then you've got that kind of, not, uh, you got that gameplay from Evil Within. Like, this feels m- more like the Evil Within gameplay-wise yeah. than Lollipop. But I do think it controls better than Evil Within, and I this is one I didn't have an issue with okay. at all when it came to controlling. But this is also one I uh I played a l li- I played a bit of it for this this playthrough again. I but like, I got farther the first time I played this game than I did for this playthrough. I mean I this is one of those ones like Lollipop Chainsaw where I played it on normal and then I went back and played it on a on the higher difficulties That's because so crazy like it's but- quick, it's quick, it's it's arcadey, it 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 I don't know like I just I get it because I did yeah. the same thing with yeah. Shadow of the Colossus which you can never see yourself doing beating it on normal and immediately turning around and starting it on hard again. I think those controls are legitimately bad though. Like, see, and that's what I feel about <laughs> Shadows of the Damned. I will. I and would. It's arc- crazy because we're we're comp- this is like complete opposites. I well, I want to uh, not to be like the grouchy dick, and I'm like being combative no, with you. I I like I'm legitimately like I want to get to like why this is because this this is interesting that you bring this up. I feel like in Shadow of the Colossus, when you press on things, like it doesn't always click. Like it's not necessarily as responsive as I want it to be. Um, I don't feel like. 
you know, when I die or something happens, like it's because of the game and that and like the way it's programmed in the code. It's not my fault. How is it? How how does how does Shadows of the Dam control for you that it's that it's bad? So it, it's weird because when you're in the combat, it's not bad. OK, but when you're just like roaming around and like, oh, okay. trying to get to play, it's it's frustratingly like. Is it because of the, the, the that roadie run that he kind of does and it's how it doesn't quite also, turn like, right? Again, it it's almost like there's a bit of a delay and maybe it's just because... But I was playing it on this and it's did, small. There this, wouldn't be refresh rates. Did stuff. you do Steam? Is this, no, I, I was on playing PC on PS3. It's weird that you said yeah. there's a delay, though. Because it felt like it was just almost a little floaty in the normal... And again, that's like my biggest complaint huh. with the game. And once you're in combat... Yeah. It rightfully tightens up pretty okay. well yeah um but it's just and there's a lot of times when you're running back and forth and like trying to do things and i found myself fighting it a lot and maybe it is just personal huh my my the way that i played it but that was my one big complaint with this game other than that okay. i think this game's pretty kick-ass no shit yeah i was really not expecting this i was expecting to come in and pretty much fight you tooth and nail for everything <laughs> no <laughs> my it is the weirdness of a shinji mikami suda 51 mm-hmm. joint operation and it doesn't work for me as well as i'm sure it works for you sure. because i like i said i had a lot of visions of lollipop chainsaw and anybody who listened to that one remembers that like it's almost there for me but yeah. it doesn't it just, just fully work yeah it didn't quite click and there's a lot of that with this game mm-hmm. too like I get yeah. what they're going for, and I like a lot of it visually, mm-hmm. but just like the Suda 51 writing influence, just, I, I guess I'm not a big fan of him, which is weird. All right, yeah. Again, because I love <laughs> Hideo Kojima, I fully understand. I love well, there, there's Yoko differences, Taro. right? Yeah. There are differences. I want to, let's get into that. Let's yeah. just, let's jump into the writing. Okay. Um, we'll, we'll just go specifically into the Suda 51 camp. We'll go right into the writing of it, uh, because... Going through it the second time, and then, um, so once I stopped playing, I just went ahead and kind of watched all the cutscenes to finish up the story, uh, to refresh myself. But, um, I was kind of struck by how, uh, mid 2000s it felt. Sure, sure. And I was kind of put off for a moment, much like, you know, this whole big James Gunn thing and his tweets that are oh bad from all those. This kind of felt like those tweets. Okay. That said, like they were like the edge lord kind of shit. They are very edge lord. Um, yeah. And it at first I was taken aback and I thought this is kind of shit and hacky. And what the fuck did did Ryan in 2011? Like why did he respond to this? You know why was this good? And then like I kind of kept with it and I felt personally I think. The script here is very um overt. It's in your nose, but I think it is it is being meta. I think it's commenting on the uh the big masculine hero types of the of, of the typical action games of this time. I think uh the machismo, the his guns called the big boner, the little it's skulls, so obvious. Johnson. It's, it's so many penis yeah. references. I, and, and like the whole conflict starts because what the 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 six eyed demon, I Fleming, Fleming I'm that. Uh, he he kidnaps the girlfriend and he, and he apparently you get this kind of backstory that Garcia Hotspur, I think, and uh, Fleming, 
that they've battled many times in the past and that Hotspur, the, the hero of the game, has essentially taken out many, many, many of his minions and underlings, this Fleming guy. So Retribution is he kidnaps his lover, Paula, which we will fucking get into later because this is a hot mess. Um, <laughs> but Paula is also like an ancient... Being I think she too. is the she's the huntress. Yes, and, and there's a she's twist been battling Fleming later. for like hundreds of thousands of years. Yes, and yeah. She always dies, but she doesn't fully die because she doesn't submit to him. Uh huh. So her soul is constantly reborn. Yeah, and in one of these rebirths, she f- Garcia Hotspur, the character we play. Finds her in a dumpster. Oh, okay. So we're just getting into polish it. Yeah. And All right. Then I was they save this. form this relationship. Oh, I've got it written down specifically yeah. because when this scene happened, I was like, "What the fuck <laughs> are you trying to feed to me?" All right. So whatever point we were just making, that's gonna have to be put a pin in it because okay. we're now into Paula. All right. <laughs> um, Paula's backstory: found in a dumpster. Yep. Uh, he takes her in, Gabrielle or Garcia Hotspur. Uh, she doesn't ever talk, apparently, in this entire time they have a relationship until that phone rings and that phone's Fleming. But apparently they don't talk. So the phone rings. She screams, don't answer it, slams the phone, breaks it, and then grabs, I guess, uh, I keep fucking on his name, Garcia. I want to say Gabrielle every time. Um... (laughs) But he says it was the craziest, weirdest, weirdest, sexiest thing ever. What? Yeah. Like any of that? It's like very, it doesn't. It's very in your face with its sexuality. I've noticed yeah. like. Well, the, the sexuality and that's what that. All right. So that was the point I was going to make earlier is I was kind of maybe taken aback by that. But I think it's all in service of. Maybe a smarter idea or theme. And it's it's almost there. It's yeah. not quite there. That's it's the almost way I feel there. about it too. Like it it wants to be this thing, but the game itself holds mm-hmm. it back from becoming that thing. Yeah, I um, agree. It's got a lot of cool ideas, a lot of cool concepts, and I don't know, man. It the, does, and that's a thing I've noticed. That's Suda Fifty One. That's the thing. A thing I've noticed about Japanese game developers specifically is that you really only got two types you've got layered in like nine levels of meta commentary in a style that you as an american are not really culturally familiar with like Uh uh-huh they they use a lot of like people now like interacting with their child self a lot to like form some weird lesson and then you've got people that don't know subtlety at all and everything is crammed down your throat and and like blasted up to eleven. Yeah. And yeah, uh, there's a lot of that in Suda Fifty One games. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Platinum to an extent too suffers from this, but Platinum absolutely does. Platinum vanquish. toes the line where it's a lot more tongue in cheek, whereas Suda is a lot more. Just, I don't think. All right, so it's more like Todd McFarlane. Oh, what, which say, one is Suda Fifty One and their blatantness of it. Ooh, I think that's harsh because I think Todd McFarlane's a hack writer. Um, I I just don't I don't think that's fair to him. I think what what the difference here is is I think they both are not subtle. Like I don't think I don't think Yoko Taro is subtle. No, at all. I think he he 
instead nebulizes the idea and makes it so fucking big and grandiose and kind of convoluted. And that's not necessarily a bad way or, or slant at him because I, I again, like near one and two have blown me away and I started playing Dragon Guard three. And like the gameplay is horseshit, but, it's but like the story is fucking out interesting, right? and like yeah. I'm kind of hooked. Um, That's good to hear because I've been playing it too. It's I I think it's an interesting story so far. I and just the worst Dynasty Warriors game, but it looks I think, crazy creep too. But yeah. yeah, I I think I think that's there. Except it's just bigger. Whereas the focus of a Studio Fifty One game is much more singular. And it's this yes. one idea we're going to do, but we're going to do it in many different ways. But we're really just going to focus on this one fucking idea. And I like that. I also, uh, and you brought it up uh, about the different ideas. I feel this game is not, in, in any Suda51 game, is not necessarily the most cohesive yes. work. It's always that. It's but like eighty percent there. I appreciate there. it. Yeah. For 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 trying for having a weird fucking shooter mission like halfway through this game where it turns into a shoot 'em up. Yeah. And these these things like that. Like I appreciate that. Like I kind of like that little. It's 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 like this Gonzo artistry of video game making. It's like there were ten different jam sessions and like what's some weird shit we can do with the theme of badass Mexican guy in hell with demons and they just had like a jam session where they all came up with different gameplay concepts and was like great this is going to go into world 3 this is going to be in level 4 this one's going to go into level 2 and I can I always appreciate that because one thing you and I both agree on we always are fans and champions of things that try to do it differently or the people and that I, try it all yeah and I think Suda51 is always trying to do things very yeah. differently. Yeah. I totally agree with you, man. Yeah. I, I get that. And then Yoko Taro, too, and the other yeah. Japanese developers you mentioned. Um, Except for that Hideo Kojima guy. What a hack, am I right? He's not going to make anything he's got no worthwhile. <laughs> it's, uh... I really like, as a, uh, as a fan of metal and just things of general junior high kid thinks it's cool mm-hmm. to draw in his folder, I really like a lot of the representations of hell in this game. A lot of the things that yeah. they do are really weird and off the wall. I like I love that the goat lanterns. The and goat stuff lanterns like are that. cool. I like the little light slug thing that is playing some weird reggaeton as it just slithers along. Which is, and that's interesting because that's your light source in like an all black level, right? Yeah. That's what you're talking about. Yeah. Is that little it's guy? It's that little slug with the stick on his back. And, and I think that's an interesting touch. Like all that had to be was just like a floating light ball, but like they make it this weird little slug thing. That's with also a, playing some weird yeah. music that you've not heard at any other point. Yeah. I love it. It's, you know what? All right. This, for me, this this game and this type of game is like a David Lynch movie, but I feel like I understand it more. Okay. I feel like I finally understand it, whereas David Lynch I don't quite get. I feel like this has all those weird elements, but like, it's not... Almost tailor-made for you. Well, not necessarily tailor-made. I just don't feel as... It's it's as obfuscated. I feel sometimes David Lynch hides points and meanings and just tries to be weird for the sake of weird. Whereas like Suda Fifty One, it's like, sure, he's yelling his point with a megaphone. It's like at least he has a point, and I can see like where you're going. It's with not it. hidden between you know. Three there you go. Yeah, that's kind of more of what I mean. Yeah. Also, it wouldn't be Taylor made. It would be Ryan made. Hey, your name's not Taylor. It's not. No, it's Ryan. 
case yeah. anybody didn't know who's <laughs> listening right now. Um, I really also like, and I think it was a, <laughs> so our, our main character's name is Garcia Hotspur. He's an obviously yeah. Latino Hispanic character. Yeah. I think that is a mid 2000s an, to late 2000s really loved Hispanic characters. Well, I think, games. I think he works in this sense because the biggest religion, I think in all of the Hispanic culture is Catholicism. And this game has tons of obvious, mm-hmm. uh, imagery of the Catholic church and representations of hell. Mm-hmm. Um, and it works really well, man. I think also you had the Dia de los Muertos thing, so yeah. the Spanish connection to the dead already. Yeah, it makes. But sense. I, it never tells you much about Garcia. But I, outside of he's like a demon hunter and he loves this chick, I almost kind of wondered if he is he like a a failed priest, and that's why he does these yeah. things. And he still he wants to contribute. Could be, but he's also the bad boy, and that's why he can bang a mindless, vapid yeah. resurrection bimbo. Right. That's well. He's not, and that's that's why I think this game is kind of maybe smarter than we're giving it credit for. Sometimes I think intentionally, uh, Hotspur does not have a character. He is only there to make fucking bad puns, yep. to shoot and beat ass and win the girl, and that is it. There is no backstory. You don't care about his character. Exactly. He has no feelings. Nothing. He has no personality. We he get is, backstory on everybody, yeah. but. The main character. He's, he's just the commentary he's, on the blank nothing hero in these games. Yeah. And it, I think it's, I think it goes even further. Who's, there's like that big marine guy that comes in halfway through who's fighting the big crow. Yeah, I think or, he's one uh, of those dudes, maybe. I don't know. I can't remember. But he's, he's essentially, um, modeled almost exactly after Dom from Gears of War. Yeah. He looks very similar. It's like, I see what you're doing here. You're um, making fun of Western games because this 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 Hotspur guy came off like the lead from the Just Cause series. Very and, similar too. Yeah, you know, just very cocky and uh, he's got a line for everything. It's very 80s yeah. action heroy. Oh yeah. Um, oh yeah. That said, I do really enjoy the interaction between him and Johnson. I do too. There's a, a British inanimate floating <laughs> skull who is also the gun. And the representation of all penishood in yeah. oh. perpetuity. He Johnson <laughs> is just a fucking dick and he's a stand in for a dick and has the thought process of a teenage boy's <laughs> rock hard constantly yeah. dick. It's That's, pretty much Iron Man with Jarvis, yeah. but but with prepubescent, you know, lead character. I really like when Johnson is the torch when he gets uh, he goes limp at certain points when like you get uh too far away or like you're you're hurting. Mm-hmm. It, it's so dumb, but it's such a nice, funny touch. Um, yeah, I really like all of his different gun representations too. Um, oh, okay, so like the shotgun form and the machine the gun form, tooth- and then there's the revolver form. The- I think it's teether. Uh, it's the teeth or the machine gun that has like yeah. kind of the bullets that can find. Yeah, they kind of zoom into targets. And you, there's yeah. different. That's another thing I like is that there's three base weapon models, but both all three of those bases have these crazy different upgrade trees you yeah. kind of go through and really unlock these crazy cool things that you start to do with them. Shotgun gets really fucking badass as you go on. Mm-hmm. Um, I stuck with the pistol for most of it until. Maybe second half, and then I went with the teether. Yeah, I, I really mm-hmm. like teether a lot, but man, I love getting up close with the fucking shotgun form. And mm-hmm. it's cool because they're all like these really cool designs based around this chrome skull that floats around with you everywhere. Yeah. 
Uh-huh. And and when you're upgrading, you do it by finding these gems that plug directly into his skull in different places. Yeah, it's really so cool. It's visually yeah. there. Yeah, there's nice ways they tie in the HUD and elements visually and thematically to the characters like that. And there's, there's some good, good stuff. He's a skull and the bullets are represented with teeth. It's it's it all ties in fantastically. Yeah. And I think that's a great nod to Suda 51. And I'm mm-hmm. I'm sure Shinji Mikami has input on that, too. They. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's just everything in this world as fucking wild and crazy as it seems makes sense in this world and that is a huge step for any game to achieve and this game does it very well Mm -hmm. it really makes you feel like this is a thing that could happen and Mm -hmm. uh so yeah really really nice touch yeah i think the hell underworld stuff feels really lived in and kind of over the time like you'd compare it to an environment in a modern game and it's not going to compare at all uh, but I think it does feel very fleshed out. Um, you're given backstories and stuff that are real neat. Did you read through the, um, I think there's like four or five stories you can find that give backstories for the bosses. Not really. I don't remember. All right. Uh, they're probably online somewhere and they, they are some of my favorite love, parts of the game. I'm on the wiki. I will find them. Oh, I'm, I'm sure, sure they're probably here then somewhere. But like the, um, mm, let me see the name. Justine D'Angelo, the dancer who has like the apocalypse tune or something. Okay, yeah. Uh, I think she summons like the first guy with that big glaive immediately. Yeah. She's the one who dances around like Baldo mm-hmm. and is mute. Her backstory is like fucking crazy tragic and like it ends very darkly and all of them do. So you get like these stories on the bosses and where they came from and like so Justine's is. She was an opera singer who was, like, very overweight or something, and she kept getting, like, compliments on her voice, but, like, hated how she looked and everything. So she slowly starts to go crazy and starve herself to death and um, just just completely lose it. And the fi- final bit of that backstory is somebody goes in to check on her, and uh, they find her slim corpse in a chair and she's holding like her own vocal cords in her hand and she's ripped them out herself or something. And it's like these weird, weird, but like macabre and kind of sad stories for each of these bosses. Like the, the crow guy has one that's real weird and fucked up. I'm going to have to read all these. It's they're interesting, but like only like four or five paragraphs, but they do these things. to like help build the world and kind of lay the foundation to the universe. And unlike other codexes and some other games, like, they're actually interesting to read and they're quick, but like, I love that kind of thought behind it. It's the same, th- you know, Suda 51. The one thing I will say, like, that I don't think can be, um, argued is he makes interesting characters. Yeah. I like, I love his boss designs. And I like Lollipop Fleming, Chainsaw. man. Fleming like, is fucking cool as hell. Yeah. He's very unsettling. Yes. And, uh, I like the way he talks. It's got that weird sort of, sort of like the opposite of house, which <laughs> but he's got that weird sort of almost echoey sort of weirdness mm. to his voice. And yeah, it adds a lot, man. He's yeah. got these six crazy eyes. He's the giant trench coat, and inside yeah. is sometimes your girlfriend just in and this the, black void inside his trench coat. But she also comes out almost like a penis. It's very, it's not a subtle nod at all. Oh, Again. and like I think he says like overt lines like "You have to try with penetration." No, he says something. you're. Go ahead and try, but your gun lacks 
penetration. And there's a bunch of stuff yeah. like that. It's all this dick wagging contest it's all stuff. Dick jokes. It's ma- well, I think again, I think it's meta. I think it's making fun of the machismo of Western games. Well, and I think it's also in part it's a it's a reference on hell itself because in the Catholic Church, the sex sexuality. is almost viewed as like, you know, yeah, this, that's true. it's this big thing. Like, don't it? No, sex is wrong. You only do it to procreate. And mm-hmm. so sex, if this is the way I interpret it, is based on sort of a Catholic Christian sentiment. Uh, that's why sex is such a big part of this game, because it is seen as sort of sinful and everything in yeah. here is about fucking like the, the big goat boss you fight. Doesn't it? It has some dangly parts, right? It does. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's not fucking uh, like hiding it. It's Yeah, well, I Suda 51 too is just constantly obsessed with sex it seems yeah. like, but it fits perfectly for this game as as you said. I, I I completely agree. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great touch, man. I really like this game. I I'm glad. I had <laughs> again, it made me work to play it, but I I liked playing it once I got established in it. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that's good. I'm glad to hear that. I I'm I don't think it's too too hard I uh, difficulty wise you're saying like you've fought with the controls walking around from time to time for the most part yeah but did you ever have any issues with like the difficulty when it came to fighting the the waves of monsters or any bosses not really pretty easy because again like it it is more refined combat wise Mm mm-hmm it's just the the little bits of exploring in between. And, you know, the puzzles, like, they are I'll, not, I'm sorry, not the puzzles. Yeah. The, the fights become sort of a puzzle because you have, like, the enemies that are drenched in, like, the hell black goo. Oh, sure. That you have to blast off with your light shots first before you can damage them. And then it, it's all about, again, it's, it's a weird, different type of resource management and mm-hmm. knowing when to change. And it can make combat fun. It gets a little... Eh, annoying after a while after like the fourth hour or so but this must be where the divide between you and i comes okay because it's the same thing as guacamelee right a game that we infamously differ on when it comes to the end yeah because it is like you have waves of enemies but you can only deal with these three this way but you have to do this specific thing for these and it's weird. That's interesting. Because it doesn't bother me. Because that's, again, that's the bare bonesness of like God of War from this year. And I fucking loved God of War. That is true. But yet, yeah, you're right. In this one and in Guacamelee, it, it's different. And I, I don't hmm. know why like one works for me and one not. But then at the same time, it's always funny how mere opposite you and I are because. You don't mind guacamelee. You don't mind. I this. love gu- not not even yeah. mind. I love the combat. But God of War, you had problems with. Uh, I think that was more to the extent. start. Yeah, uh, and then I kind of got it, and I ha- I I I it w- hmm. There is one specific place I think they go real hard in the difficulty, and I was fighting the controls at that point. But once I kind of got the controls and they became what they were, I didn't mind that. You had to fight three guys this specific way. You had yeah. to fight them this way. I fought with the controls, and that was the okay. issue. Um, and that's what I feel like with Guacamelee and with this. But you I'm, fight with the controls. I'm fighting with the controls. Guacamelee, I understand enemies. maybe more because that feels more yeah. like um, a 2D fighter is how you're playing that. This one's surprising to me. There were some times when like I'm trying to run and do the uh, the goat head shit with the, the mm. darkness and coming... And I'd be running and like getting stuck on shit and just 
Oh, it's getting so fucking mad sometimes. And I don't know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that was really my big thing with that so much. It's when you're trying to do things quickly and somewhat precise that the game really starts to show its cracks. Oh, sure. So. Eh. Sure. I'm a usually, small one. Again. I'm usually the mindset. Like I figure that out within and I'm just like, all right, that's how it's going to be. Can I deal with this? Good, then I've accepted it, or either I don't deal yeah. with it, and then I'm done with that game. Siren. <clears throat> but that's all. It it depends on that. It, it, like, show me what you're about, and then if if I if if I see like, oh, you're like a B plus control system. You're not really that great. Like, you're almost there, but not like I know what to expect, and I'm fine for out the rest. It's it's if it drops off or something changes halfway through, then I get upset. Yeah. When yeah. it totally flipped the script on you after you've established half yeah. the game. Yeah. Yeah. I, totally, I hate yeah. that shit. Or, or Rare. Rare fucking does it a lot. Let's have the final boss be the stupid fucking concept you learned 10 hours ago in the yeah. game. It only did it once. Let's have the final boss be a fucking dance, vehicle dance level. Revolution. Yeah, yeah, that's fucking smart. Let's have a board game where you have to memorize all the fucking stupid things Gruntilda said. I don't like Rare. And I, I don't either. Fight people on this. I don't like Blast Core though. That's that's the shit. I like Diddy Kong Racing. Yeah, I know you do. <laughs> I know you do. It's. I don't think it aged particularly well. I love that oh, they no, had it, bosses at the time in a campaign mode. I thought that was it aged fantastic. terribly. Uh, speaking of aged terribly, I like Conquer's Bad Fur Day at least at the time. Oh, I love Conquer's Bad Fur Day, and I had the Xbox One where you had the uh, the online oh. multiplayer with okay, like the yeah. war yep. setting. I loved Against it. Against the teddy bears, I played it so much. It I was so shallow. Yeah, it's really dumb. <laughs> what uh, what other notes you got? Um, I think we've gone through a bunch of it. Okay, uh, let's see. You can tell that uh, Mikami and Suda51 are B-movie horror fans. Oh, yes, absolutely. Uh, lots of references If you here. didn't get that from Lollipop Chainsaw already. It's here. Yeah. There are scenes that are, like, almost directly from Evil Dead 2 or something. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of where, like, I figured it out, too. I was thinking, it was like, because the entire time I play this, I'm refreshing for this episode, I'm like, why does Kyle not love Suda 51 like I love Suda I know, 51? it's very weird. And like, I've been like constantly like analyzing this. I'm like, why? Why is it? And I was like, maybe it's because what? <sighs> Yokotaro, he is essentially like Tarantino and Rodriguez doing Grindhouse. Whereas I think Suda 51 is trauma. It's very trauma. Yes, it's trauma. Absolutely. It is, it is no money, no budget. We're just going to fucking do shit and be punk rock and we're going to experiment. And we're going to take all these things and ideas we saw and just throw it against the wall. Whereas Tarantino, I won't say for Rodriguez because I don't know anymore. He's an actual filmmaker. Yeah. Uh, and he knows what he's doing. And he can take those concepts from these B-horror movies and stuff and blend it into like his own un unique new work. You know? Whereas... I I feel like that describes Yoko Taro up until Platinum came in. Because, man, like, Near Automata is such a more fucking refined piece of work than anything Yoko Taro's done, man. It's I would even say Near is much more refined than anything Suda51's done. Oh, for so, sure. Like, I, I would still say his stuff's kind of refined. Yeah. I, I think his stuff's very refined. You yeah. Know? And I mean, comparing both of them to, let's but say, but still keep some of the punk Kojima. rock, yeah, you know, like Tarantino Absolutely. does. Like, 
sure. Suit, uh, that's a fucking fantastic analogy. I and I think that. that's what it is. And I, I just think maybe my my threshold, when it comes to, if I'm seeing creativity and not just like the standard routine, I feel like I probably give things a lot more leeway. Sure, yeah. Especially in games. Like my, my leeway my leeway rod or branch or whatever you want to say, like it swings much more wildly when it comes to games. I don't find myself being too critical on a game unless like I literally can't play it because I'm not having fun. Yeah. You know? And so doing this, like I love the, the atmosphere. I love the, the creature designs. Like I love that Suda 51 weird shading, uh, muted color, art palette you know that almost cell shaded but yeah. not quite yeah it's this uh-huh. weird thing it's this weird thing where like are these good graphics i don't know but i'm fascinated <laughs> that's <laughs> work yeah it <laughs> that's is true how i would describe it every time but i'm just i'm drawn to that and like that can overcome some admittedly mediocre control sometimes and and i think that's where we are here i like how together we have become on this yeah, um, <laughs> it's so like I, it's like we've learned something over a hundred plus episodes. Weird. Uh, so I guess we'll go ahead and we'll give our ratings and our opinions, and then we'll come and then we'll just kind of finish out the episode with a little fluff on something. I like it. Okay, All right. sounds good. So Ryan, Shadows of the Damned. Okay. On a scale of one to ten teeth. Okay. With teeth being, wait, with ten teeth. <laughs> Ten teeth being the absolute highest score you could give Shadow of the Damned. Mm-hmm. What would you give it? Can we use halves? Of course. It's going to be very painful. Okay. But yes, we can use a half I'm going to use seven and a half teeth. Seven and a half? Seven and a half teeth. Oh, but not teeth. Holy fuck. This is so crazy because <laughs> I'm at seven. I was... I See, I was between seven and eight. Yeah. And I was like, I feel like if I'm being extremely honest, it's a seven. Yeah. <clears throat> but... I really, I want to give it the eight because I do just love the atmosphere so much. And I do think the mediocre controls bother me less when the game is only five hours long, you know? Like, this is a short game, so any frustrations I had, they're done with. Sure. You know, super quick. So, yeah. I don't know. Okay. Yeah, I'm at a seven. Seven and a half. It is a perfectly above average game. Yeah. But not great. Yeah. It's got a lot of things holding it back from greatness. It's a fun trip that is relatively quick and pretty condensed. Got mm-hmm. some cool visuals. Yeah, if you have time, you're in a scary October month and mm-hmm. wanting to have some quick, cheap thrills, Shadow of the Damned could easily fill that hole for you. So. Yeah, especially if you want a horror game where it's okay to shoot your bullets and not conserve your ammo. Yeah, you get tons this of This is it. And if you like <laughs> juvenile dick jokes, it is. Yeah. All right, all right, all right. So there are du- juvenile dick jokes for sure, but there are some good, smart, funny jokes too that genuinely crack me up. Like I love the fact that demons are like horny for strawberries and yeah. it's their catnip. Yeah. And there's some there's some good touches too. So well, that's there, that's also there's dumb humor and some good humor. To uh, what the fuck is it? Uh, Death Note. Oh, uh, well, I don't know. I I saw the movie. That's it. Death Note, the anime. Yeah, the character Ryuk, he, his favorite thing in the world is apples because he's from that weird death dimension. Oh, the demon hell. guy. Yeah. Willem Dafoe's character. Yeah. Okay. Because of the fact that everything's dead there, 
fre- a fresh apple yeah. he fucking goes crazy for. It's I not think as I remember that in the movie as much in the movie, but in the sh- in the in the anime, it's a big thing. They did make a nice joke when Netflix was bringing that movie out. They had a uh, a Twitter account for the Ryuk character, and the only thing that he followed was Apple, the company. There's a Smart. It was a good little meta joke, man. I appreciate things like that. (laughs) But yeah, it's it's this again. It's a concept in Japanese horror, and uh, that hell is a dead place. So demons would obviously like fresh things that would represent life that they can attain, such as fresh fruit, which is vibrant and bursting with color and juice and. Oh, uh, that's fair. So that's why yeah, it makes sense. Okay, I think that's why that's there. It's it's a cool thing. I didn't know that was uh something in their culture. So that, yeah. that for me, it was just like that's a fucking great detail. I love that. That's but what I love about cool. uh, the Japanese horror culture, especially because man, they their horror level is on a completely different level from us in mm-hmm. America. So, uh, yeah, I guess we can kind of talk about that. All right. So yeah, I don't know, man. There's a lot of different types of horror. Do you have one that is like your favorite <clears throat> in this month of scary, spooky stuff? Ugh, favorite's interesting. Um, I I don't know. I don't know if I have a specific genre. I can tell you genres that I I don't have an affinity for. Like I don't care for slasher movies typically. Okay. Um, there are some good ones. That stand out, but I don't typically like them. So are you not going to go with me to see Halloween? I will, because that looks it looks good. The fucking shots in that last trailer were insane, and I trust McBride and um, not Jodie Hill. Who is the fucking guy who did Pineapple Express? I I can't think. But um, they wrote it right. Yeah, and and you have the director of Pineapple Express and some of those movies, Seth something. Fuck. Uh. Fuck David Seth. Fuck, I don't know. But um, no, it looks it looks fantastic. So I'm into that. Most times, I feel most you, slasher movies are kind of did boring, you like the Rob cheap, and lazy. Halloweens. I saw the first one and it was fine. Yeah, that's the way I was. I don't too. remember too much about it, but it was were, fine when I was watching okay, it. Okay, but they were the. It wasn't my type of love sure. letter to Halloween. Well, what do you think about the other Rob Zombie movies? I like House of a Thousand Corpses. Okay. I don't really like Devil's Rejects. Okay. And then did you see any... I think the others are 37. Film 37 or whatever? Or, I think it's just called 37 it? yeah. and it's direct to Shudder or something. Like it was like an indie film. And then what? The the one with the witches uh, was his wife, oh, Sherry Moon. Oh, Witches of Helmsworth or something. There's a fucking name for it. Yeah. It's... Which is a it's in it's in the H's. It starts Which with an is H. A hemlock. Something. It starts with an yeah, H because I, I remember Family Video where it was on the wall. It was in the H's. Anyways, what about it? Which one do you like? Any of them? The Devil's Rejects, my you, favorite. Really? I think House of a Thousand Corpses is interesting and then turns real bad at See, the end i, I hate turns, the ending i like it. the ending because it turns so fucking weird and you're like what the fuck it does i don't think it's earned at that point it's like yeah this is weird but like why did i sit through the whole first hour of this fucking movie to get to this point like did i really need the rain wilson fucking haunted house shit that's it's, i don't need that and then you fall into the fucking pit with the bodies and dr satan 
do that shit from the beginning. Like, why are you gonna hide it? To yeah, the last I thought it was cool, minutes? man. I thought it was nice. I like. Whereas, it. I Devil's Rejects was what it was for the entire True. movie, and I True. appreciated it. I thought it tried a little too hard to be Tarantino. Yeah, I did. Uh, but I thought it was a good but, effort. A good effort. The which one with his wife? I fucking hate. Yeah. Lords of Salem. The Lords of Salem. <laughs> It's not in the H's at all, you no, lying sack of shit. H-I-J-K-L. It's real close. Okay. It's real close. Yeah, it's only four <laughs> letters different. Same wall. Don't whatever. worry. Same wall. Don't worry. <laughs> um, but I did not care for Lords of Salem. All right, so what What do you like, though? What genres do you like? I don't know. I mean, I can tell you movies. I, I don't know if I like a specific genre that like I'm immediately going to love it. Um, I'll tell you what I do. If it's kids... If it's kids and like something supernatural, I'm gonna love it. Like really? I, I can't think of one of those like actual like so it. Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Love Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Um, Sixth Super Sense. Eight. I love Six Sense. Um, Stranger Things. Uh, anything like that. The Amblin's okay. '80s movies that are like that. Uh, uh, Martians. Uh, oh shit, not. What about Mars Needs Moms? I don't know. I didn't see that one. <laughs> I've I seen that know. movie. I don't know, but like I'm a I'm a sucker for that kind of stuff, like the Spielberg smalty kind of horror movies. Like oh. I do love those, uh, like Project the Super Eight and Stranger Things and those, huh? Project Eight or what's that? The one with J.J. Abrams with the alien, the Super, Super Eight. Eight. Yeah, yeah. I said it three times now, but I also love Super yeah. Eight. <laughs> Sorry, man. <laughs> I fucking I've cry been trying to think about Super every Eight. time at Super Eight. You cry at the end. Yo, fuck, dude. Because yo, that... fucked. <laughs> <laughs> That father son shit at the end, like it kills me. That's the dude from Office Space. Yeah, uh, Livingston, Rob yeah. Livingston. I like that guy. He's great. You know what he's great in that came out this year? That is not a horror movie, but goddamn it, everybody should see it. Game Night with Jason ah. Bateman and Rob Livingston. I thought Game Night was okay. What the fuck, Kyle? You are like the one person. That movie has some fantastic shots. The comedy, I think, is solid all the way through. I love everything that Neighbor is about. Okay, yeah, the weird I like neighbor. the creepy Neighbor. No, like, motherfucker. Like, there, I love the the editing in the first opening where you're seeing the relationship through the board games leading up to that. The the There's, like, a specific shot where somebody is reaching through the window of a door and opening the door handle, which is, like, a long lever... And they're cranking it like a clock in a board game is ticking down. And the editing shows that that movie is fucking smart. There's a good wonder. There's like a whole long wonder where they have the egg and are throwing it back and forth. Dude, game night. I <laughs> Already your biggest mistake of this year is saying it's fine. Was that did that come out this year? I think, yeah, like in February. I saw it. Movies. Not that we, I rented it. We rented it. I think you should watch it again. <laughs> It facilitated it. It was enjoyable <laughs> enough. Rachel McAdams was very cute. And her and uh, fucking... Uh, Jason Bateman. Jason Bateman had really great chemistry. Yeah, they were they were good. The supporting cast, I thought, was really funny. And I found it, my. I guess my one thing with it is that... I say this so much, and it it's, it's hard to say to a movie because it's a fucking movie. It's That's a little right. by the numbers. You motherfucker. I'm sorry. You motherfucker. <laughs> but yeah! <coughs> But All it's right. still fun. It take it's an interesting twist because it adds the board games to the mix. And yeah, fair enough credit. 
The board games are not just a gimmick. They play off throughout the night. They do. It's very well written in that way. I give it full credit that. But I, Yeah, I also think it's legitimately funny. It has some really <laughs> nice bits, man. I really enjoy the naivete of Rachel McAdams Whoever and Jason is the, Bateman. the dumb friend. When they're I, the, holding up the biker the bar. older lady. Yeah. That dumb friend is hilarious. And I've never seen him before. Put him in more movies. Yeah. He's good. And yeah. also the, the the guy Winston from New Girl is great. He's the one whose uh, wife cheated on him with Denzel oh. Washington, oh, yeah, who yeah, was yeah. not Denzel Washington. <laughs> that fucking shit's nice good. That was a nice touch. <laughs> I also like when they walk into the murder mystery place and the chick's passed out because she's pregnant, but she also has the death makeup on. Like the blood. And they're like, oh my God. <laughs> That was a good one, too. Yeah. There's some good stuff. We're not talking about comedies, Ryan. <coughs> That's a horror movie. Horror movies. Um, I'm a sucker, dude. I will see any movie that has a monster in it. Me, too. I'm with you there. love monster movies. But I... But will you love all of them? Like, do you feel yourself, I give a like, lot of them a pass, credit? man. Oh, do you? Okay. If they have monsters and they're... De- like, I don't like shitty CGI monsters. That's why I'm not looking forward to Sharknado. Because it looks just oh. like garbage CGI. But were you looking for forward to the Meg? Not really. Oh, okay. All right. Never no. mind. I like, then I'm with you. All I right. like monsters, especially when they're practical effects. It doesn't always work. There's that movie, I think it's called The Void, which was yeah. an independent. Yeah, you reviewed. Parts of that work, but there's also this really cool monster that they obviously spent a large part of the budget on, but it's not a puppet. And so, like, when they show it, it's, like, zooming in from this angle, zooming in from this Ah. angle. And then sometimes they'll show, like, a wide static shot, and it's very obviously just not moving, and they've got a strobe on it. And it sucks. But it's a cool-looking monster, but it's not threatening. But, again, I still watched it, and I enjoyed it. It's got cool shit. I'll watch anything with a monster movie. There's this shitty movie, I think it's Bradley Cooper, called, like, The Midnight Meat Train? Oh, I saw that with Vinnie Jones. Yeah, the the British dude from Lockstock. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Bullet Tooth Tony. Yeah. Uh huh. So he beats, <coughs> he murders people on this specific train. That, I think it's Clive Barker. Is that uh, a Clive the, Barker yeah. story? Uh huh. Okay. But yeah, I like that, and that's got monsters at the end. You don't get any of that until right at the end. Yeah. I watched it for all that. Yeah, it's just Vinnie Jones killing people, and then Bradley Cooper sees it, right? And he's like a journalist or something, so he's taking pictures. And yes. then the last 10 and minutes, then- you're like, oh, it's the people from Hell, yep. Laser. Yeah. They're back. That's true. The Cenobites are here. Clive <laughs> uh, Barker, you hack. <laughs> I have seen uh, seven different species movies. Maybe there's five. I've seen two, and I like the first two. They're okay. Look, here's the big reason. Number one, weird alien shit. Number two, tons of titties. It's the Lots only reason of titties. people oh, watch that's species. True. Yeah. It's the only reason people watch so, species. This is interesting. Titties and horror go they hand are, in hand. They go hand in hand. They really Why, do. Why, Kyle? <sighs> let's, let's solve the question of life itself right now. I think it started big in the 80s as a way to just... I think it's just to get naked people because that was a thing that people looked for. Mm. Because, again, especially at that time, sex is still sort of it's hidden behind all this super uh, conservative religious like hedonism almost like mm. you, no, you can't show sexiness. And it's almost sort of like this punk rock thing because a lot of mm. horror movies, especially in mm-hmm. the 80s, low budget, 
bullshit punk rock style like shoot it we got one shot at this here it is and it's young people a lot and sexiness and titties appeals to young people and young people making these movies are also driven by a lot of that and i don't i mean Hmm. i think it represents a carefreeness and a and also like a middle finger to the establishment at that time in the 80s like okay and then from that point it became almost a trope yeah. And again, like, they kind of make fun of in La Cabin in the Woods. Yeah. It's, it's, it's almost like a tribute to the older stuff Ooh. now. Yeah. That it's still <laughs> part of it. And yeah, it's very tasteless, but it's also kind of iconic. And in my opinion, fairly harmless. Yeah. It's a pair of boobs, big fucking deal. Yeah, it's not anything more than you'd see in fucking Titanic. Sure. So whatever. Yeah. Eloquently put. Oh, well, thank you, I sir. think I think that's perfectly I, that encapsulates it, man. That said, you 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 triggered me. And <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Like in a good way. Uh, the type of horror I love. Meta horror. OK. Cabin in the Woods. Uh, a new nightmare. Um, I really Tucker like new nightmare. Dale versus evil. Also um, enjoyable. Behind yeah. the mask. The Leslie Bibb story. Or I, don't I don't know, know that the one. name. Leslie something. Um, but it's essentially a film crew from a college uh, going around recording a serial killer preparing for his next hunt. Oh. And then it turns on them and then it plays with the tropes of horror movies and stuff. And like, I love that. Any kind of self-reflexive horror I'm also gets a pass from me every I'm time. I'm a huge fan of found footage. So things huh, like Blair Witch, I really love... A majority of the paranormal activity series. I yeah. They're cheap. Yeah, two but, of them I like. Yeah. Yeah. But whatever. It's it's mindless fun. And I I can suspend my sense of realism and disbelief to see it for what they're trying to achieve. Sure. And I can shut that part off and see it that way as yeah. like actually found footage for like could you imagine if you were watching this like how flipped out you, you can would be? more easily put yourself yes. in that situation yeah. and it, it's cloverfield. an easier way I to buy into the that first world. cloverfield yeah. man and that's that whole movie that way too that's it's interesting you say that and i don't i don't disagree because every movie you brought up i'm like yeah i dig those and think those are interesting and there are even more we've not talked about that i love that are found footage but are you not are you not tired of all of the found footage stuff we've been getting? Like, has this not like diminished your 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 appreciation for it? Not especially so much. horror, where it seems yeah. like a lot of horror tries to do it just to escape budget reasons. You know, um, even M Night Shyamalan did it in the yeah. visit. <laughs> yeah, and I like it for what it is. It okay. doesn't bother me. Um, I I still enjoy it. I can generally spot what I will like compared to what I won't, and the ones so, that are using it for a reason as opposed to yeah. <laughs> and uh, I think I've said it on the show before too, but like even still, my favorite Stephen King stories are the ones that he writes in like a journal style, uh, yeah. which are a lot of fun to read because it. And H.P. Lovecraft did a lot, too, where it's, it's written in the first-person journal style, like, and you can mm-hmm. see the descent start to break down and then start to question things. And that's what I like about found footage movies, too, is that you, you are a part of it. You're not mm-hmm. just an outside observer. You're, you're like, brought into it, and it makes you a part of the action. And it, it adds this nice visceral feeling to it. And, yeah, 
Found footage. Okay. Monster movies. Great. Two of my faves. Cloverfield clicks both boxes. It Boom does. <laughs> Double win. It does. Is there another one that clicks both boxes? Not to the degree of Cloverfield that I can remember. I'm sure there's some somewhere that I've seen that I'm just not thinking of. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, well, that's pretty awesome. That's great. Do you have, um, of any filmmaker still going, do you have like a favorite filmmaker in the horror genre going forward who is still alive? Like we know the classics who are yeah. making. Um, nobody really sticking out that does horror specifically. Oh, I guess Edward Wan, the dude that does the conjuring. James flicks. Wan. James Wan. Yes. James Wan. Okay. Uh, I really like him and those mainline ones that he does. Oh, that's yours. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Um, I only saw the first two Conjurings and then, or no, I saw the first Conjuring. He did so the Insidious ones. I, yeah, he did I Insidious. Thinking. I think the first one he did the f- very first Conjuring saw one and two. two. Right? Did he? I think Maybe. he did the very first Saw. He did James Wan. Also did Fast and Furious Seven. <laughs> did he really? I, I like him. He's he's a very stylistic director, but what I he's like is he's adaptable as a director. He's adaptable, but he also has a pretty specific style. And yes. I like any director that you can yeah you can watch it and all like you you know when you're watching David Fincher, you know when you're watching mm-hmm. uh, Martin Scorsese, like they have that style, yeah. and I like that. And he has he's, one of those, but he's got he does a lot of an good amazing horror, man. pacing. Like as much as he does rely on jump scares a little bit more than I like, but. Uh, I, yeah, it's it's a trope he he overemphasizes maybe, but I I do like there is a mastery with him when it comes to yeah. his tension and building up the suspense in the release. He's he's really good at it. And on that note, I think one that you and I both agree on: we both really enjoy slow burn horrors mm-hmm. for the most part. So mm-hmm. yeah, man. Yeah, that's that's what I'm into. Though it really has to be on a subject I'm into as mm-hmm. well. Like I. What the witch? I'm into paranormal. Got it. What uh, hereditary? Paranormal. Got it. I'm in. Yep. I like those ideas, but there have been some slow burn horrors that really not tickled my fancy bone. Too. Did you like Rosemary's Baby? Uh, I saw it when I was much younger, and I thought it was fine. I don't yeah. remember much about it. It's a pretty good movie, man. Is it? It's a really nice slow burn. You should go back and watch it. Okay, I will. Yeah. I, I the first Amityville horror. Yeah, I thought was fantastic and good slow burn. Um, Poltergeist, those movies, like that kind of stuff, I love. Haunted House, like Conjuring, Poltergeist, where like it's not just like something moving, but like they actually go and show you weird ghost stuff too. Yeah, well, down mean, for that. Well, I think but, we're gonna wrap this up. I do want to say I think we should keep the tradition alive, and next year we should talk about another Shinji Mikami game. Okay. I want to go back. I want to do Evil Within 2. Oh, I've, okay. I've heard it is much better than 1. It looks better, and for it sure, but it goes improves, open world. And it improves a lot on it, from what I heard. Yeah. So, I think we should do that. And we're also weirdly into sequels on Halloween for some reason. You so. are much yeah, more than of. I am. I, I could have done without the sequel last year. <laughs> <laughs> they were saying. both way inferior. I mean, yeah, one was much more inferior, yes. but yes, you're not wrong. <laughs> Anyways. All right, man. So, yeah, I like this episode. This was good shit. Uh, next week, we will be talking about... Google. 
Trick or Treat. Trick or Treat. Just say Trick or Treat. Trick or Treat. By Mike Doherty? I guess it is way... Why have I been saying it Trick or Treat this whole Because you're an obstinate turd. Trick or Treat. Just say Trick or Treat. <laughs> trick or Treat. Yes. A, <laughs> an anthology horror film series. You'll, have you, you've not seen it yet. Mm-mm. You'll love it. I'm, I'm looking forward to you're it. You're going to really enjoy it. Me, All right, Mandy, sorry. You might not love it, but you're really going to like Mandy it. Mandy and I are going to watch it this weekend. So Nice. Very then, nice. Uh, so, yeah. So, I'll see you next week, my friend. Looking forward to it. All right, buddy. Bye, everybody. I'm Kyle. I'm Ryan. And, uh, spook you later. I don't think you can say spook in current year. Sorry, skeletons, you're so misunderstood. You only want to socialize. But I don't think we should. A spooky, scary skeleton shouts startling, shrilly screams. They'll sneak from there's a couple of girls and just won't leave you be. <laughs>